We all spend a lot of time focused on how to get more followers, clients, or make more sales. But have you ever thought about what it feels like to be in your world? Like what it's like to be on the flip side of that purchase for your customers. Today, Stacy Coyle is here to talk about how to create a fun and strategic buyer's journey that is sure to wow your customers and hopefully have them coming back for more. Welcome to Big Fun Content, the show that helps you stand out from everyone else in your industry by building a brand you love and creating content that's impossible to ignore. I'm your host, Deanna Seymour, a graphic designer who creates high-energy visuals and short-form videos for some of the sassiest, boldest, most rebellious online businesses out there. Are you ready to up the fun in your content? Let's get started. Hi, Stacey. How's it going? Hey, Deanna. Very good. Thank you. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is going to be an amazing episode because Stacy is so creative. I feel a little intimidated by you, if I'm being honest, Stacey, you're really, really creative and but fun. Like, you're like the creativity queen. I don't know. I can't take your crime. <laughs> no, we're like co-queens. We can be co-queens. You're so, so creative and all your stuff is so fun that I was like, okay, we got to have Stacy on. Because also, you're welcome. I mean, everyone should be thanking you because everything's so fun, but... We need to talk about, you were the first person that I heard talk about helping people with customer journey, which sounds sort of funny that that's the first time I heard about it. I'm like, oh, (laughs) wait a minute. Is that bad? Can it be called other things? Like, can you tell us what the customer journey is and a little bit about how you help, like what that even means? Mm. So I go by customer journey and buyer experience strategist. And the reason that I didn't just call it a customer experience strategist is because people really got caught up in like, what exactly is customer experience? So by dividing them out, like customer journey, buyer experience, people were able to kind of envision what that meant. But ultimately, I have the viewpoint that your customer journey it doesn't end at the checkout. And I think a lot of us are very hyper-focused in on sales and we put a lot of effort and thought into getting really strategic, investing and stuff pre-sale. And then it kind of all goes a little (laughs) loosey-goosey once someone checks out with you. So what I wanted to do was uh, help people hone in on that buyer experience, but then also take a look back at the customer journey and like figure out like, is this actually aligned with my values? Is it aligned with how I am as a person? Does it represent me? Because a lot of the time we're copy pasting strategies we've seen around. And it's more about bringing that element of play and that's strate- like that strategic thought for your business and kind of applying it to your customer journey. So it's not about, oh, you have to have this strategy in your customer journey or it's completely defunct. It's more about just being really thoughtful about the experience that you're curating. I kind of like, yeah, curating the vibes in a way, both pre-purchase and then post-purchase as well. I think the reason that it, it struck me so much is because I do feel like in online business, especially, and maybe all business, but it feels, I think, especially in online business, I'm going to go with that. I feel like we are being sold to as business owners a lot <clears throat> on things that benefit us as the seller. Like you can make more money. You can do this. You can get more leads. You can get more followers. You can do this. Very rarely do I hear people saying like, how to make your reels better so that it's like more informative for the people watching them. It doesn't feel like anybody really cares about the customer unless we're talking about revenue goals, then we have to get the money from them. But when you talk about it, I'm like, oh, so it's like actually being thoughtful and caring about how people feel when they're like in your world. Mm -hmm. And I had just never 
Like, honestly, never really heard many people, if any, thinking about the poor little customer. I'm like, you're rooting for the underdog. <laughs> Does that make sense? Do you feel that a little bit? I'd I do. I think we talk a lot about building community on the online space, but I really think it starts like top down. Like what is the community element that you're building? Like, are you trying to nurture true connection or are you just trying to get people from like point A to B? So A, B, they opt in, B, they check out, but there's just so many other touch points. And then we spoke about the idea of it being like interesting or informative for your potential buyer or actually already a buyer. But I just think like adding that element of fun and curiosity and kind of helping people see things from different angles, but also as a business owner, I just think that I myself have gone through cycles of burnout. And a lot of that burnout just came from being very hyper-focused and doing all the work, but not engaging that area of creativity in my brain. And for me, I realized later on that one of my play styles, so there are different types of play styles and how people interact with the, the world. And one of mine is that I'm a creator and my business had nothing creative. Like, of course, I was building up funnels because I'm a tech savvy person and helping people with launches and stuff. So there's an element of creativity, but it wasn't like scratching that itch that's actually in my brain. And I kind of realized that actually, if I want to have a high energy business, then having those playful elements, one helps me connect with people because people are like, oh, this is really fun. And they will engage with it and take away stuff that they like people learn in different ways. So having a variety of ways that people can and interact with you can be very helpful for people to feel like oh this person's super engaging but also oh, as a business owner i have things i can look forward to i'm proud of these like exciting things that i create and sometimes they fall a bit flat <laughs> to be honest not everything's perfect but sometimes they just like seem to hit a chord and people are really appreciative that there was just something different in their inbox that day or that there was something interesting that they could look forward to and sometimes recreate themselves like i think we take business very seriously but there's a lot of room to be a little bit more playful and i think the added bonus of doing that is both your mental health but also like nurturing that connection with your potential buyer or your current buyers as well so i want to talk about a few examples so if people are like what is this stacy person doing that deanna thinks it's so cool so i'm like all right y'all you get to know the first thing i feel i think i'm putting them in order the first thing i remember you doing well even before this, I feel like you have an email that goes out that's called like the who's it's and what's it's with a little mermaid get, uh, emoji. And I was like, ah, who is this? I love it. That caught my eye. And so maybe real quick, just tell us what that email is like. Yeah. So, I mean, in the digital space, I do collaborations and I see interesting things and I don't want to bombard my list with like a hundred emails in one week just to get through everything. So it's an email that compiles everything. So usually it's two to four things that I either find interesting that I am participating in or just sometimes something really random. Like I am like, hey, have you seen this trailer? Go look at it. But the reason that it's called, I mean, aside from the amazing alliteration of Wednesdays, who's this and what's it's, I actually have a tattoo. <laughs> I don't know if you can see this. Yeah. For listeners, I'm showing my left forearm and I have a very large aerial tattoo on my arm. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, Little Mermaid <laughs> just popped into my mind and I was like, okay, well, that's the theme of this email. I mean, initially when I sent it out, it was probably just meant to be a once-off, but people were like, oh, I really love being a who's it and a what's it or a dingle hopper. That's what I call them. Like oh, dingle yeah, hopper yeah. one, dingle hopper two. And <laughs> like... I was getting emails like people like, oh, I'm so honored to be a dingle hopper. And I was like, you know, people just find the fun. It's like, yeah, I'm going to keep this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a great way 
to engage with people. I think we also forget that the whole point is to collaborate and support other people and lift other people up. And I'm trying to go with the Little Mermaid theme, but I'm like a rising tide lifts all the, you know, ships, whatever. (laughs) All the mermaids rise up together (laughs) onto their rocks. But yeah, I am like, that's an element that people forget. And so that was just the first one, it caught my eye, obviously, because it was like Little Mermaid and fun. But also I was like, dang, she's so smart. She's getting all this like in an organized way. And that could even be, so do you send it out every Wednesday? No, it, I mean, there are Wednesdays where I don't have much going on. Yeah, <laughs> there are yeah. Wednesdays so when I'm like, oh my God, yeah. I have so many dingle hoppers. It's kind of difficult to decide <laughs> which ones fit in here. So I would say it's sporadic. And there's even been a time where I had to send it on a non-Wednesday. And I was a bit devastated by that Ooh. because it's like, but it's Wednesday. It has to be Wednesday <laughs> for the alliteration. Um, but that email in general, I will say that people associated with a certain thing so they know what they're getting in for when they click open that email so it actually has a really good open rate and an amazing click-through rate because there's so many links in that email people are flying left right and center exploring things so i mean if it's an anomaly email in my schedule in that it has a lot of interaction Mm -hmm. but it's just a great way to have a format to share that in a creative way so that's what i'm saying like you always put a creative spin on it Okay, so there was that. I feel like the first thing I was like, ding, 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 you're awesome. And then number two, I think, was when your birthday rolled around Mm. and you did the giveaway. Like you spun a wheel on your birthday. So can you talk about that? Yeah, so my birthday was coming up and I tend to leave things a little bit last moment. And I was kind of like on the fence, like, what do I want to do? I want to mark this occasion, but I don't really feel like, you know, just giving a discount. And I... You know, I'm intrigued by the idea of making a new product, but I didn't have the capacity to do so. <laughs> and I was coming to the end of the summer. There's that kind of summer slump, but I just wanted to do something that would build some energy and kind of reignite conversations as people are coming back from their vacay mode and stuff like that. So I decided that the what I would do, because it was it was just for on my end, it was just a quick link um, mm-hmm. that I sent out to my list. So it was very low effort. It's like, hey, click on this link if you would like to be entered into a giveaway. And then I listed some prizes. So the prizes I chose were ones that are very easy lifts for me. So they're like digital products I already have or like credit for my business. So my business is called Workplace Lemonade. So my credit is called Lemon Drops, like the candy. And then there were some top prizes, which were like kind of a mini audit for me, which is like a one-on-one service. And I had no idea really like how many people would decide to enter. But my idea was what I'll do is I'll put all the prizes on a spinning wheel and then record a video per participant because my list wasn't that big at the time and yeah by my sound it's loads signed up i had like 52 people i think in the end and i was like okay that's a lot of videos to record (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know i kind of figured like it serves a couple of purposes like number one i'm marking the occasion in a way that helps me connect with my community but the second thing is that i can create a video that's personalized to someone like we're doing something fun I get to talk about my products because that's what they want mm-hmm. and they feel as personalized because I've said their name and they're seeing my face especially for people on my email list they may not have seen my face or heard my voice before so I'm kind of like you know inceptioning in there a little bit <laughs> because like now they're getting this personalized email from me that has a video that they have motivation to want to watch it I'm not pitching them anything <laughs> in fact I'm giving them something but yeah I mean I had amazing engagements like so many people participated well by my son it's like 50 
but like those type of emails is it sparks so much like replies conversation everyone like more than half actually watched the video i structured the email in a way that people could just like skip down to the end to see what they want Mm -hmm. but i didn't want to give away the 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 suspense i wanted them to have the opportunity of following along real time with their video but if they were like you know what just tell me what i got they could just Mm -hmm. like scroll down so no spoilers if they Uh, hate fun if they hate fun just kidding (laughs) i watched my video I mean, it's kind of funny because I know because I did the videos on Loom and I actually could see that some people watched the video a couple of times. And I was like, I don't know if you're just like reliving the experience or what's going on. But they were really into it. I probably watched it more than once because I was so like enamored with the whole idea. I was like, this is so fun. I'd never seen anybody do anything like that. Of course, I've seen people like spin a wheel. I feel like I've been in Facebook groups maybe or whatever where people mm-hmm. spin the wheel. But I had never seen an online business owner be like, it's my birthday. And instead of like you're saying just a a discount, you thought outside the box and you were like, okay, we're going to like spin this wheel. So everybody, just in case you're wondering, I won the Buyer's Delight Masterclass from Stacy, and I just think it is so much fun. And also like for people listening to who are like, how do I get on more podcasts? Like, how do I do stuff? All of these little things brought me and Stacy together also. Like, then you're right. Like, I don't know when officially we started talking. I know you were on my list. I was on your list, but we treated each other like humans and then this video and it's for me and I won and I'm sure I emailed back and said something really dorky then you just start to know somebody and it's not I don't think you can tell me but I don't think you were like this is my master plan to like woo Deanna and get on her podcast I don't think that was happening but I just think making relationships treating people like humans and not Mm -hmm. just click rates and open rates and whatever like trying to game the system of how can I just get what I need, but just creating an experience where people, you're like having fun with other people, like you would in real life. Exactly. And I don't think I could force you to sign up for my giveaway. So (laughs) it would be a very long strategic plan to get you to that point. (laughs) But I will say that just for case anyone's listening, they're like, oh, well, this seems kind of like, yeah, it's nice to build community and everything, but like, does it move the needle in any meaningful capacity? I mean, firstly, I, I really firmly believe that the relationships we build Like they might short term, you might not see like sales or you might not see one-on-one clients or collaborations, but you're building that rapport, you're building that reputation, you're building that trust and people might come back to you in a year's time, two years time. You have no idea how you are on someone's radar. There are people who are like, I've been following you for ages and I'm like, I had no idea you even knew who I was. (laughs) But I will also say that from a more like strategic, like me viewpoints the idea of giving my digital gifts also meant that people had the opportunity to take a look through them and these are people who are going to be way more motivated to give reviews like not that i'm going to like extort oh you have to give me a good review but they're Mm -hmm. going to be more open to consuming that product and giving a review because there's that kind of reciprocity did I say yeah. that word right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know That's what you mean. One. Yeah, yeah, I think. <laughs> so there are strategic reasons why you might choose to do something like this as a way of showcasing your digital products and uh, having some feedback on them because it's very hard to like improve your digital product in a vacuum and people might buy these things. Um, but they're not always necessarily going to be open to sharing feedback. Whereas people that you've communed with in some regards uh, even in the capacity of a giveaway, are often more open to giving you that feedback or giving you a testimonial as well. Yeah. And I feel like it's really just now that you're talking about that, I'm like, oh, yeah, everybody thinks it's normal to do a beta round or to 
give some in the beginning for those things you're talking about, like feedback on the product, testimonials, whatever, that probably sounds more strategic. Like when you talk about it in a fun way and you're like, it was my birthday and I gave away some products. People might be like, whoa, whoa, that's bonkers. Why are you giving away your products? And you're like, oh, it's like the same thing. It's just way more fun and it's called something different, but you're exactly right. Nobody would be like, oh, I'm not doing a bid around. Like that's a normal thing to talk about. And again, I would say that when you say bait around, a lot of times it's very like you as the business owner focus, like I'm going to do a bait around so I can get testimonies. So I can do this. I can do this. Mm. That's why I think you're so cool. Cause the way you do it is like, you still get those strategic things at the end, but I feel like your heart and your spirit and your fun is like, how can I do something fun and like give away this thing and you Mm. still get something from it, but it just feels different. It just it hits different, you know? I love I think, it. I think it's like a... I don't put these things out expecting anything in return. But mm-hmm. things come to you when you do things like this. Because you are engaging in a meaningful way with people. Or at least giving them a way of escaping for a minute while they read your, your zany email. Or do the, yes. watch the, the video that they signed up for and were waiting to see, oh, what did I get? So, yeah. yeah, at the end of the day, I really do believe that like how we cultivate relationships is really going to be the main... Like, unless you really are a volume-based business, relationships are always going to be the most important thing in a digital business and if you're providing services. So I find coming up with fun ways of reframing or engaging in fun, I find it very intuitive for myself, but I find it it connects really well with the audience. Mm -hmm. We still have a couple more to go through, but I want to take a quick break and then we're going to get back to it. If you're listening to all these amazingly fun ideas that Stacey's implemented in her business and feeling like you'd need a lot of help making them come to life visually for yourself, I'm your girl. I don't just help people brand their overall businesses. We can totally work together to brand your next audio series, summit, course, bundle, or whatever else you're brewing up in that beautiful brain of yours. Head over to DeannaSeymour.com slash branding to learn more. Okay, so we still have a few more things that Stacey does that are awesome that I still want to talk about. So if you thought that was all the creativity, I didn't call her the queen of creativity for nothing. We have to talk about your fruit salad audio summit, which I feel like this is coming out the end of December. So anti-hustle holiday series happened. And I feel like sometimes I've gotten pushback from people like, that seems so, it's not even about business. So they're like, why do you even do that? And I feel like it relates to some of the stuff we're talking about. Again, this is why I'm sharing my crown with you or giving you my crown, letting you borrow it, whatever. Because the Fruit Salad Audio Summit was amazing because you had a raffle, which again, I was like, oh my gosh, like who doesn't love, I mean, I just like I grew up in the 80s and you like go to a craft show with your mom and you get the raffle ticket and you might win like, I don't know, a basket of yarn or something at the craft show, but I love a raffle ticket. I had a raffle ticket and that was amazing. You had the playbook. I think you called it a playbook with all the speakers. I think I I stole Broadway's term. I called, is it a playbill they use? Playbill. Playbill. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, you know, like a play, I was like, you know, a playbook, but you're right. Not playbook is like sports. Playbill is for Broadway with all the like actor, like instead of the actor's bios, it was like all the speaker's bios. Loved Mm. that. And also at the end, you let us leave anonymous love notes for the speakers And also the audience got to vote on the next thing. So there was just like thing after thing that was just so engaging and just so thoughtful in terms of like, how can I make this more fun for the audience? But like you're talking about strategy and you can go into kind of what you were thinking about that. But 
the playbill i was like who like feeling guilty i'm like oh don't, don't do playbill for my thing i should do a playbill but and it's all beautifully designed and amazing so I, i'm just saying if you don't nice. already follow stacy or, or you're not on her list like you need to keep, be in her world because it's very fun there so all right no, tell me more you. about the fruit salad audio summit and how that came about and all the things so the fruit salad audio summit, like I, I've always thought of it as a series where it's touching on different points on the customer journey. And I really believe that, I think I touched on this area earlier, the idea that you don't need one strategy to have a good customer journey. Your customer journey is unique to your business and it's unique to your audience. So what I really wanted to do with Fruit Salad was spark conversation and ideas for people listening on different things that they could consider trying in their own customer journey. So it's not a case of like, oh, I have to do these things. It's more like, oh, curious, maybe that's something I could be interested in. So the idea, the reason it's called Fruit Salad, because I know that doesn't sound super relevant, but what fruit makes a fruit salad? I mean, we all have our own preferences, yeah, but there's yeah. no official fruit. So yeah. I'm going to say my favorite fruit salad is like guacamole because it totally counts. Because it's uh -huh, like, you know, it does. Okay. Tomato and avocado <laughs> and all those things. Those are technically fruits. Yeah. So there's there's no fruit salad combo that's the right, like that's the official fruit salad. So therefore, with customer journeys, there's no official combo that makes a great customer journey. So that's where the name fruit salad was born for. Because I want people to pick a mix the different things that call to them. So each of my speakers were a different fruit. They wrapped their fruits and it was actually really fun because I was like, I wonder how into it people will get because I actually asked them, I was like, I'm going to ask you why you chose this fruit. And I'm just going to like hear what you say. And I was really impressed with how into it everyone got. They were really like passionate about, I chose this because of this. And this is how it ties into my business and like my life and stuff. And I was yeah. like, wow, okay. Getting deep. <laughs> but, Getting deep. Um, but with fruit salad, so the season one was all about alignment of buyers and increased conversion. Because it was coming out around September where people are going into sales mode through the autumn and fall. And I wanted to help people look at things they can do short term to help those things. Um, and that's one stage of the customer journey, which is like the sales points. Uh, so as you said, the next one is going to be nurture because that's what the audience voted on. But why did I create it in that way with the giveaway? I mean, a lot of summits have giveaways, but I wanted more transparency around how we're deciding who wins these things. Because you just get an email like, hey, Deanna won this. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> but how was that chosen? So I wanted that transparency. But fruit salad is also a bit meta in that you're talking about, oh, there was like a playbill and there was this and this and this and that conversation but like what I'm doing is inceptioning in a little bit how I work what you can expect if you work with me is showcasing a buying experience even though it's a free event and then people associating even just in the back of their minds like if they want to curate something like that themselves in the future then maybe I'm someone who could help support them on that so that's the strategic reason of doing it but also I really want people to be a little bit more flexible about what they think of when it comes to a customer journey so really I'm seeding the those thoughts so that when they are engaging with me they kind of get it at that point yeah i mean i love it so you also have another podcast that just came out <laughs> another <laughs> another podcast so this is delighted also mm -hmm. by the way i'm like oh i didn't 
think that hard about fruit salad. I like the way you did it. But I'm like, your business is workplace lemonade. Like when you were doing fruit salad, I was like, oh, I was the I lemon. And I was like, oh my God, I have to be a lemon because lemonade. Yeah. And then I was like, but who puts lemon in the fruit salad? So then I had to do a little bit of research. And then it turns out, oh, it's like, oh, this is perfect. A lemon is the thing you put in the fruit salad to stop everything brining. It helps bring out the flavors of the other elements. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's exactly what I do. <laughs> it's a customer journey strategy. I help tie everything together and bring out those strategic flavors. So I was like, oh, great, great. Perfect. Yeah, you're like, wait, I'm not like a sour, cranky lemon. What am I? And then you got it. I love it. I got it. Okay. So tell everyone also about Delighted. And then I know this is like a long episode, but I don't care, y'all. It's really good. Maybe you could talk a little bit about your sorbet parfait method for a customer journey. Mm -hmm. Sure. It's all on brand. I love all the food. I'm here for all the fruit, all the food. I'm <laughs> delighted. I'm totally delighted. I love all of it. Okay. I'm all about the fruit and desserts. So Delighted is a, a 10 episode mini series uh, with my co-host, co-host, uh, with my co-host, Caitlin from Katie Means Business. And at the start of the summer, we're both like customer experience people. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's more on the kind of implementation side, design and stuff. And then I'm more on the strategic, like cultivating and crafting the experience. Uh, so we wanted to bring together our two viewpoints and um, do a podcast. And neither of us had ever done a podcast. So that, like it was like the, the newbies together <laughs> creating this thing. But from the outside, we were like, okay, well, how do we want to approach this? Because customer experience is very like, can be very broad. So we chose eight different viewpoints and lenses to view customer experience through. So we chose accessibility, design, DEI and allyship. Uh, we chose global inclusivity because we can be very Anglo-centric sometimes. And there's a lot of people in our world, the digital space, who maybe aren't able to engage as much or as much as they would like to just because of time zones or just how we facilitate programs and things. Mm-hmm. And then things as well, like community and play. So it wasn't, and design, it wasn't like all like very serious, but we kind of mm-hmm. mixed and matched a little bit. But the idea of Delighted is it's actually scripted. And then we have guest experts whom we place at strategic points throughout the episode to really like guide, co-explore these topics. So we're like the Sims, myself and Caitlin, and we explore a topic over a 20, 25 minute episode where the guest experts are able to lend their expertise to help frame thoughts and kind of give insights. And really what we want people to walk away from is not that, oh, everything in the episode is exactly how I should be doing it, but more giving some thought to these topics and like how they apply to your business. Are there things that we can be doing if we pause and think through different lenses that could really enhance the customer experience that we provide to our potential buyers or our actual buyers? Yeah, it's so, I mean, again, it's just so refreshing to hear somebody like care so much about the client. And not so much about just coming on and talking about like, here's how you sell more. Who cares? Who cares if they finish the course? Who cares if they do whatever? You already got the money. You know, it just so refreshing to me. Refreshing because of all your food puns. Yeah. Speaking of refreshing. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, well, I hope so. It's lemonade is in my business name. That's the definition of refreshing, right? I was going to say when you said like, who cares if they finish the program? Who cares? Like, we should care. Like the first thing is that I don't think any of us joined the digital space or started our business being like, I just want to take money. I think Mm-mm. most of us were like, I have a skill set that I would like to share. I have this thing, I, like viewpoint, I would really love people to understand. Like for mm-hmm. most of us, we get caught up on being good business people. Yeah. But none of us, I don't think, really plan 
not to have a good experience or plan not to have people do our courses or participate in our products and stuff like mm -hmm. it might happen like you can't force people to do these things like what well, that they're autonomous humans they get to choose whether they engage with your product or service or not even mm -hmm. if they pay for it but there is like from a strategic perspective because <laughs> let's go back to strategy people who have bought from you previously there is like a selfish motivation to actually wanting them to engage and have a good experience because at the end of the day, for most of us, we don't offer just one thing. We have a suite of offers or digital products and the people who've already worked with us are much more inclined if they've had a good experience and they've really got the value from the product or service. They're much more inclined to reinvest with us in the future. And even if they themselves, maybe they've bought the highest thing we could possibly offer and they've hoovered up our whole suite, they are also the people who are most likely to mention you in conversation. If someone's like, I need a graphic designer, they're, they're going to be like, oh, oh, Diana, she's amazing. Or mm -hmm. if someone mentions a nine grid, your name pops up in my mind as well. The people who've worked with you are always going to be the best referrals because they truly understand how you work and they truly understand the value of your work. And it is much easier overall to sell to people who've either bought from you or who have heard directly from a good source that they trust that you're a great person to work with and i think we're very focused in the digital space and how can we collect all these new leads and bring people visible bring people into our ecosystem get them to the checkout which is the goal mm -hmm. and that's why i'm always like okay let's move beyond the checkout being this goal post and like in like you can nurture post sale as well to cultivate future sales and that's an element i think that gets lost in the shuffle because we invest heavily in the pre-sale part both financially and in time and resources mm -hmm. but it is worth our time as business owners to be a little bit more strategic post-sale because that's where your amazing referrals your amazing testimonials your repeat buyers that's where that all comes from and a business mm -hmm is not completely made up of new sales constantly it's much more sustainable and less burnout for you as a business owner if you can rely on your ecosystem and your actual buyers to be present with you for much longer periods of time yeah it's a relationship like it's for both people it benefits them for you to put the time and effort into this but like you're saying from a strategic standpoint or whatever, like it also benefits you. And I'm like, oh yeah, go figure. It's like a symbiotic relation. It's actually building a relationship with the people instead of just shuffling them to the checkout and like trying to refill the top of the funnel. Like you're saying, get visible, get more and more and more people in there. And then you just don't have the time or bandwidth to care about them later. Like not even on purpose, but sometimes it's that feeling when you're like so exhausted from launching, then you're like, oh my God, now I have to like do the thing I just sold. <laughs> and you're too tired because you've been exactly launching if, it yeah if you haven't planned ahead it's something i talk about a lot is moving the planning stage for your delivery to like pre-launch and that seems really early to people because like oh i can just figure it out as i go but like you said once you've been launching that's like that week or two after you've launched is very like you're coming back into yourself your energy has been very much spent trying to fill the program etc that is not a time where you're going to feel like inspired to cultivate an amazing buyer experience you'll show up to the things you have to like oh there's a q a at this time there's that module that needs to come out but it's more than that it's about how do you facilitate them feeling that they have access to the things they need the feeling that they have access to you in the way that they need to in order to 
best use it. And people can feel like I can feel when someone's really enthusiastic about the program versus when they're just kind of rolling it out. It's, it's the tenth time they've run this, and they're just mm -hmm. like on autopilot. And there's nothing wrong with being on autopilot. We all have our frameworks and like the way we work. But there's definitely a, like a magic to an experience where you can tell someone's being really thoughtful about your experience. And like, even if a lot of it back behind the scenes has been automated at this point, because they've really got it nailed down, you as the buyer, you still get to experience that magic because that thought was put into it at some stage mm -hmm. and you get to reap the benefits because now instead of wondering like, oh, where's that link? I don't, what time is this taking place? Who's in charge of this? You're just like in the zone. You're like, oh, I'm going to show up here. This is where I go to find this thing. This is why it matters. And I kind of think of it a little bit like we put a lot of time <laughs> pre-launch into framing things so people understand the importance of buying that product from us. Mm -hmm. But you can apply some of that methodology to the post-sale part where you can frame things using your marketing ninja tricks, not tricks, but you know, your strategies mm -hmm. to frame things post-purchase so that people understand like, hey, I'm prioritized showing up to this or hey, this is the module. If I don't listen or watch to anything else, this is the thing that I'm really going to like zoom in on and people having that guidance so being a good guide if you kind of think about it from that perspective like how can i guide people at the end of the day it's very much up to the person what they do and do not do within that experience but how can we be helpful yeah and instead of guiding them to the checkout like afterwards you're guiding them to the correct materials to the meetings to the links to the thing using that same framework i like that i like that yeah thought. and it doesn't have to be overwhelming at the yeah. end of the day most people are going to be pretty impressed if you just have a solid foundation it doesn't have to be all bells and whistles and stuff mm -hmm. like that but just having a like a system and a thoughtful, thoughtful path for people is going to like really like exponentially improve. And it's actually an area of most people's businesses that could actually be uh, you could play with it a little bit and see like a high impact pretty quickly because it's an area that a lot of us don't spend a lot of time on. Yeah. So it'd be easy to stand out because people be like, oh, my gosh, wow, what? That's awesome. They did this. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so I do still want you to go over a little bit into your sorbet parfait method, mm -hmm. or maybe just tell people like an overview of what they should be thinking about. But really, honestly, everyone should just go and follow you and learn from you. So just saying. So yeah, so like, yeah, all the food. <laughs> Apparently, I only do food related things. Uh, but sorbet parfait. So like I said earlier, I'm essentially I'm a customer experience strategist. But because there's people seem to divide it into customer journey and buyer experience and understand the checkout point seems to be that halfway point uh, between the two things, even though they're all one thing. So the sorbet is the pre-purchase part of the customer journey. So sorbet, we think like refreshing, tasty, uh, uh, like palate cleansing. So it's the idea that your customer journey is offering something intriguing to the person who's experiencing it, that you are standing out because your approach to things is refreshing or the way that you're communicating with them is engaging in a way that maybe they haven't seen before or a way that kind of just really hits for them. So then the parfait is the buyer experience. And like parfait is layered, <laughs> like <laughs> all sorts of deliciousness in it. But the idea that post purchase experience should be layered and thoughtful and that people just want to dig into that next layer, like down, 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 which could look like digging deeper into your products that they've already bought, but also it could look like, okay, I've just finished this one and I need that next product from Deanna, like that repeat buy. So it's kind of like, 
combining sorbet parfait combines both sides of the customer journey but it frames it in a way like okay we want to stand out we want to be refreshing thoughtful and then we want to create an experience that's sweet that has people coming back for more and like how can we do that and i like thinking about it through the lens of food so that's where sorbet parfait <laughs> comes from <laughs> i'm like well it sounds delicious and then i'm like wait no it's delighted but maybe delicious is your next series <laughs> just <laughs> Delicious, maybe, delighted. Maybe I just need a show on the Food Network or something. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, Daisy, this episode was like seriously full of so many great ideas. I hope everyone listening is really inspired and excited and goes and follows you and just wants to infuse more of this strategic fun into mm. business. Exactly. We're, we're all about strategy, but we're doing it in a fun way. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you so much for having me, Deanna. Thank you. To connect more with Stacy and become part of her world. Just kidding. <laughs> I had to sing it like Little Mermaid. Head over to WorkplaceLemonade.com or follow her on Instagram at Workplace underscore Lemonade. Definitely get on her email list so you can get all of those dingle hoppers and maybe even get a chance to win a prize like I did. Thanks for listening to Big Fun Content. If you like what you heard today, Think about pushing that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Also, I would love it if you would leave me a review so more people could find me. Wink, wink. And last but not least, if you want to remain in my world and get some really fun emails in your inbox, head over to deannaseymour.com newsletter to join my email list. See you next time.